0: know for, for some of us, you know, you hear the Spanish, you're like, yeah, and for others of you, are like, I got to catch up, and I, I want to make sure we catch something real quick, that the beauty of this song is it's not an American song, like I've been in the Dominican Republic, I've heard them singing this melody, this song, these lyrics, I, I know it's a song that, that has made its re- way really around the world which means this, that that I believe that today, all across the globe, in multiple languages, in multiple tongues, amongst multiple people, we are crying out as one body to God saying, Great are you, Lord. Amen? That, that, That is not just those of us Here in Conway that are saying, great are you, Lord. It's around the world that we're saying, with the breath in my lungs, I declare your greatness. So whether we do that in English, in Spanish, or any other language, we want to declare the greatness of God. All right, won't you pray with me? Jesus, I come before you right now and I thank you for all you've done. I thank you for who you are. I thank you that you put breath in our lungs, that, that, that you give us life, that we are able to wake up this morning, we're able to come to church together and declare your praises as one body, not just one body here in Conway, not just as one body as the Rock Church across all of our campuses, but as one body as the church around the world declares your greatness. So we thank you for that, Jesus. And we pray that today in our midst that you would move. In your name, amen. Amen. Well, Rock Church, how's everybody doing today? You guys good? It's good to see you guys. I want to welcome everybody to church and hope that you're having a great morning so far. If you don't know, my name is Josh. I'm one of the pastors here and excited to to really dive in. Uh, to our series today. Now, before I do, I want to reiterate something that you, you probably heard Will and Mary Beth say earlier. If you weren't, if you weren't here earlier, I, I'm going to go ahead and say it for, for them as well, that we want you to get connected. That, that it might be your first time here, that maybe you're a new college student and you're just checking out church for the first time. Our goal is that you would get connected. And we really believe that that we want all people to find what matters. And we believe the best way to find what matters is to connect with Jesus... And connect with others. So so we mentioned some things at the beginning about a thing called Pathway, which is a small group experience, eight weeks long. It'll start up in about three weeks at our 10 o'clock hour. So I invite you to to check that out if you haven't been to it yet. If you're a lady, meaning you're a teenager through however old you want to be as a lady, we have a women's event called Woven that will happen in about three weeks. It's a Friday-Saturday event. It's incredible. Um, We have a YA gathering, a young adult gathering. I know there's a bunch of young adults here. On Monday nights, we gather for community and small groups and just doing life together. If you're interested in that, make sure you stop out at the This gin Corner uh, after service. There's a bunch of people there. They'd love to tell you about YA gatherings. But in addition to that, we have ministries. We have small groups because we want you to get connected, all right? So make sure you do that. Now, let me, let me go back into last week's message that, that we introduced a new series that we're calling Unleashed. And this whole idea of Unleashed is we want to unleash the power of the Holy Spirit through the act of prayer. And, and that's a tagline that, that I want you to go ahead and try to lock in your brain, that, that we want to unleash the power of the Holy Spirit through prayer. And I know when we introduced that last week, I got a couple different comments, all right? Like, like my charismatic friends, and some of you come from more of a charismatic heritage. You are like, yes, let's go. Let's talk about the power of the Holy Spirit, and let's let the Holy Spirit run in our church. And you are, you are fired up about it, which is awesome, and I want you to be. But then there's some of you who have, well, can I just say this? a little more Baptist blood in you? You know what I'm saying? Are you with me? You know what I mean? And I talk about the power of the Holy Spirit, and you're like, yes, but. Like, let's be a little careful. You know, we, we don't want to get too crazy at church. We, we don't want to move too much. And again, my charismatic friends, are, oh, no, no, we want to be up and down the aisles, right? Like, 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 where is it at? Like, what do we do? And where, what's the understanding of the Holy Spirit? And what's the understanding of prayer? Well, well, that's what we're doing over these next several weeks is we're trying to dive into that more. And, and last week we talked about it from this angle that, that prayer needs to be a priority. Because if prayer is a priority, you'll unleash the power of the Holy Spirit. But today we're going to say this, that we need to recognize the power in prayer so that we can unleash the Holy Spirit. And I think for some of us, we just don't understand that power. It reminds me of of something that happened in my life about three months ago. That, that about three months ago, it was back in May, I, I have some friends that, that are dear friends that live in Mississippi. And they, they used to live here, and they recently moved there. And I'd always told them, hey, one day I'm going to come visit. And they're like, sure you will, Josh. You know what I mean? Like, like, think about it. It's a long drive and a long way away. So I always said that, and they're like, okay, whatever. And, well, one day I decided I'm going to surprise them. Like, I'm going to hop on a plane, I'm going to fly to Mississippi, I'm going to go, I knew their son was playing baseball, and I was like, I'm just going to show up at a baseball game and be like, hello, and we're going to laugh and have a great night. And so, so I, I booked a plane ticket, and, and again, didn't tell them I was coming, didn't tell anybody I was going there, I just took off. And when I landed, I went down to the rental car company, where I thought I had booked a rental car. I don't know if you caught my language there. I thought I had booked a car. Like I went up to the, the, the counter to the dealership or the, the rental car company I always use. And I'm looking for my name on the, on the list. And my name's not there. And I'm like, um, I'm sorry, sir. Um, my name's Josh Finkley. Uh, I'm a gold member, but I don't, I don't see my name on the list. And they're like, hmm. And he looks and he's like, I'm sorry, Mr. Finkley, We don't have a reservation for you. I'm like, well, but but I know I made a reservation, or at least I remember looking at the computer and seeing the price of the car, and I remember at least hitting one button, but obviously I didn't go all the way. And he's like, I'm sorry, sir, like if we had a car, I'd gladly give you one, but as you can tell, we don't have any cars. And sure enough, I looked at their parking lot, they didn't have any cars. So I'm freaking out a little bit because, again, they don't even know I'm coming. It's not like like I could say, hey, could you pick me up? Like they have no knowledge. So I go to the next rental car company. I'm like, "Um, excuse me, sir, do do you have any cars? And he laughed. He's like, have you not looked around? And obviously I'm looking around and I'm not seeing any. He's like, there are no cars in this entire airport. I'm just going to go ahead and tell you that right now. So then I'm freaking out, like I said. So I'm like, well, during COVID, I used an app called Turo. I don't know if you've ever heard of Turo. It's basically Airbnb for cars. So you can rent somebody's car. They'll bring you their car, drop it off, say, have at it, drive it, return it back, right? And I had used Turo uh, several times. So I pulled up my phone, and, and I opened up my app, and I put my location in, and it lists cars, Now, again, I'm in a hurry. I have an hour and a half drive. I'm freaking out a little bit. So I don't spend 30 minutes looking for a car. I look at the homepage. I see five cars, all the same price. One of them's a super host. So I click on his car and I rent it on the spot. Now, I'll go ahead and tell you, it was a car, a type of car I had never rented before. Like I've rented Fords and Jeeps and Toyotas. This one had a different name. It was called a Maserati. (laughs) I know you'd be proud of me for that one, right? Like, I don't know anything about Maseratis. Like, Like, all I know about them is they're supposed to be nice cars that go really fast. And I'm thinking, same price, might as well.
1: And I hit it, and,
0: and then the guy showed up in about 30 minutes, and this is a picture of the car, okay? And, and, and like, like, it was nice, you know what I mean? Like, it was sleek. It wasn't, like, super fancy on the outside, and I was like, okay. And then I opened the door and sat down in the leather, and I was like, this is a different kind of leather. Like, this is a different kind of car. And, and then I looked at the dashboard, and the dashboard, I literally took a picture that day because I was like, a hundred and ninety? Like, no way. Like, for real? And then I'm mentally thinking, well, it's just a dashboard, right? Like, my Jeep says it'll go 120. If you ever go 120 in a Jeep, you're dead. Right? Like, like, all my friends who drive Jeeps, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Like, it just, that's just a lie what, what they put on that dashboard. But, but I'm like, okay, well, it's nice. And, and I get in it, and, and I drive an hour and a half to my friend's baseball game, and I surprise them, and we laugh, we hug, we eat dinner, we watch ball. We had a great night together. And at about 11 o'clock that night, I was like, all right, guys, I got to get back to the airport because I had like a super early flight. And, um, as I'm driving back to the airport, it's late at night, it's a four lane road, and nobody's out. So I'm thinking, well, I wonder what this car will really do. Like, I wonder what's under the hood, you know what I'm saying? So I felt like it was my personal responsibility. To see what it had. Dude, you with me on that one? You know what I'm saying? And so, so, again, it's a safe environment, all that. I'm traveling about 60, and I hit the gas. I don't mean like I went, let's see what. Like I hit it to the floor. And as soon as I did, that car jumped. Like it took off. It threw my head back against the, 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 the seat. And I'm like, whoa, and I'm flying. And in seconds, I don't mean very long, I mean seconds, all of a sudden the dashboard changes from what it was to now it says, you're traveling at an unsafe speed. I was like, okay. I'll be honest, it was exhilarating. Because I felt the power. I felt what it had. And see, here's my problem Here's our problem. I think when it comes to God and his power, we're sitting in a Maserati and we're driving it like it's a Prius. You know what I'm saying? Like we're like, I just want to go for a nice little comfortable drive. No. There is an immense amount of power in the Holy Spirit that we need to unleash And allow him to have his way in our lives. And when we do, you'll feel God move. You'll feel the ground shake. And I say that because it's what I see in scripture. Like if you want to say, well how do I have a prayer life like that that unleashes the power of the Holy Spirit? How do I have a prayer life where where we hit the gas and, and God goes? Well, let's just follow what we see in Acts chapter 3 and 4. It's really in Acts chapter 4 at the tail end of it. But to get to the prayer gathering, I got to tell the story. Because without the story, the, the ending doesn't make sense. And it's a story we've shared several times in the last couple weeks and couple months here at church. But, but, but I want to go through it. And I'm not going to go on a deep dive on the story. But, but I want to set it up for everybody. What it is, it's, it's in the book of Acts, which was a book written by a guy named Luke. Uh, Luke was a guy who wanted to write a historical account, an orderly account of Jesus and the church. So so he wrote the book of Luke first, which we we find in the Bible. And then the second book he wrote was the book of Acts, which is like the Acts of the early apostles and the Acts of the Holy Spirit, the Acts of the church. So he wrote this book. And in chapter 3, he talks about two of those apostles. Their names are Peter and John. And he said that one day Peter and John were going to the temple at the time of prayer. And as they were going, they came across a homeless man. A lame man, a, a guy who was laid at the temple gate every day to ask people for money. And as Peter and John were walking by, this guy said, uh, Excuse me, do you have any money or gold that you would give to me? And Peter opened up his mouth and he said, Money and gold I do not have for you. But what I have for you, I give to you in the name of Jesus Christ. Get up and walk. Walk. That, that, that Peter's looking at him, and he says this prayer over him. And he says, in the name of Jesus, get up and walk. And then all of a sudden, for the first time, this guy's feet start to tingle. His legs start to work. He stands up, and because of the power of God, he now has ability in his legs, and he starts jumping and leaping for joy and praising God. And he follows Peter and John into the temple. And everybody notices what is going on. And they're like, wait, wait, that's the lame man. That's that's the guy whose legs don't work. And now he's walking and he's praising God. What happened? And they all go up and they ask. And Peter says, well, you want to know what saved this guy? The power of God. And that same power that healed his legs is the power that can save your soul. And Peter explained the story of Jesus to him. And on that day, thousands of people gave their life to Christ. And we think, wow, what an incredible story. And it is. Yet there were a few people that were not happy about it. There were some religious leaders that, that didn't like what Peter and John did, they didn't like that they were saying that, that life was found inside of the name of Christ. So they arrested him, put him in jail overnight, and the next day put him on trial. And they, they told him, these leaders told them, well, we're going to let you go, but you can never talk about Jesus again. But like you can never mention the name of Jesus again. And Peter and John literally, Acts chapter 4 verse 19 said, judge for yourself whether it's right to obey you rather than God. But as for us, we can't help but talk about what we have seen and what we have heard. Right? Like, like they're saying, like, we can't shut up. Like, like, I've seen God work. I've heard God work. I've experienced God work. There's no way I can keep my mouth shut. They, they said, I, I just can't. And, and inside of that, the, the leader said, well, well and, and they pressed him some more. And, and they said, well, we're going to let you go. But if you do, you're going to get killed. If you talk about Jesus, we're going to kill you. And they eventually let him go. And When they got released, they went to where a bunch of disciples were gathered together. They told them what was happening. They began to pray. And then this is how the prayer ended. After this prayer, the meeting place shook. And they were filled with the Holy Spirit. Then they preached the word of God with boldness. I want you to think about that, that they gathered together, they prayed, and the ground literally shook. And they were filled with the Holy Spirit, and God moved in their midst. And we need that again today. We need that kind of power in our lives today. And the beauty is it's not reserved for the church 2,000 years ago, but God can still move in a powerful way in our prayer today. Amen? Well, how does that happen? How, how, does, that, how, do, how does that work? How, how do we do that? How do we have that kind of prayer? Because I know for a lot of us who say, I've prayed before. I've never felt like that. Well, let's follow their example. And in, in their story, you're going to see three things. If you're a note taker type person, this is, here's your first point. That if you want the power of God to move in your prayers, then pray as the body. Pray as the body. Pray together. Going back to the story. Again, it's Acts chapter 4. It says this in verse 23. It says, As soon as they were freed, Peter and John returned to the other believers and told them what the leading priest and the elders had said. When they heard the report, all the believers lifted their voices together. That they all lifted their voices together in prayer to God. Oh, sovereign Lord, creator of the heaven and the earth, the sea and everything in them. And then they continued on in praying. And and I'll talk about their prayer in a second, what they said. But let's just stop right there for a second. That if we want the power of God to move in our prayers, then we've got to pray as one body. Well, how do we pray as one body? How do we pray in unity? Well, we function in unity so that we can pray in unity. And unfortunately, in the history of the church over 2,000 years, that's been a struggle. That, that as much as I hate to say it, in the history of the church, we always haven't functioned in unity. And when the church doesn't function in unity inside our walls as one church or as the community churches or as the global church, when we're not unified, we lose power. I mean, think about your marriage. When your marriage is not unified, you lose power. Uh, that when your friend group is not unified, you lose power. Uh, for any of you who are like, play on a sports team where there's not unity, you lose power. You, you look at especially team sports, uh, baseball, football, basketball. When those guys are unified, volleyball, lacrosse, when those guys are unified, they win championships. You, you see it over and over and over. But where there's a lack of unity, there's defeat because there's a lack of power. And, and Jesus knew this. I think that's the reason he prayed the way he did. You know his last public prayer was? A prayer for unity. Like his last private prayer was a prayer for himself. Lord, take this cup from me, but if not possible, your will be done. I'm going to do whatever you ask me to do. That was his last private prayer that we see him praying in the Garden of Gethsemane before he went to the cross. But his last public prayer, he actually prayed in front of all the disciples. And this is what he said. We, we see it in John 17. He says, I pray that they will be one just as you and I are one. As you are in me, Father, and I am in you. And may they be in us so that the world will believe you sent me. Well, like, notice that, that he says, I pray that they will be one just as we are one. Why? So that the world will believe that you sent me. What Jesus is saying, and think about this, it's kind of crazy. His last prayer, you would think he'd say something like, Lord, I pray, Father, I pray that they'll remember what I've done for them. Like, that would make sense, right? Like, he's getting ready to go to a cross, and and our salvation is solely dependent on his work. He didn't pray, Lord, I pray that they would, would remember what I've done. He prayed, Lord, help them to be one. Because if they're not one, then the whole power of this message gets lost. I want the world to know you've sent me. And the best way for them to know that you've sent me is when my body functions as one. So we function as one and then we pray as one. And again, just as sometimes we don't do a great job functioning as one, I don't think sometimes we do a great job praying as one. Like, I think for some of us, especially based off of maybe your, your faith heritage, that we struggle with this idea of praying together. That, that I didn't grow up in church, but, but once I came to Christ, the, the church that I went to, like, like, this is how our prayer groups worked. And, and, and tell me if this is true of you as well. That every now and then we'd say, hey, we're going to pray together. Let's get together and let's pray together. And like 15 people would show up to pray together. And then what we would do is for the first 45 minutes, we would share prayer requests around the circle. And then once we were totally done sharing prayer requests, oftentimes somebody would say, Oh, we're, we're a little short on time. I'll just pray. And they would pray for five minutes. It, 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 that happened with anybody? You know what I'm talking about? It's like we didn't actually get together and pray. We actually just got together to talk, and then we spent five minutes praying rather than praying. Or when that prayer happens, this would happen. Is you'd circle up and somebody say well I'll start and we'll go around the circle and you can finish and then as soon as that first person would start and you'd be on the other side of the circle you wouldn't really be listening intently to what they'd be saying you'd be going like what am I going to say when it comes to my turn right you with me you know exactly what I'm talking about and then when they would pray what you were planning on praying you'd be like oh dang it now what am I going to pray for rather than going yes I agree See, I think, I think we need to get out of our comfort zone and start praying in agreement with one another. And again, some of you, that's your heritage, and, and that you're like, oh, yeah, we're in on that. For me, that's just not how I grew up. I remember I was on a mission trip uh, in uh, a South American country. I don't remember where I was at, but I just remember being down there and doing ministry work. And one of the leaders said, hey, Joshua, will, will you pray? And I was like, yeah, no problem. And I started praying, and as I started praying, everybody started talking. And at first, I was like, did, did I miss the memo? I thought I was praying. You know what I'm saying? You know what I mean? And, and then I started catching it. Oh, no, they're not praying opposite of me. They're not trying to pray over me. What they're doing is they're hearing what I'm saying, and now they're praying similar prayers. You know what I'm saying? God, bless this missionary. They're like, yes, bless our pastor. Bless this missionary. God, God work in this community. Yes, God, we want you to work in this community. And when we start praying in agreement like that, God moves. He moved in, and and he said he would. Matthew 18. I also tell you this. If two of you agree here on earth concerning anything you ask, my Father in heaven will do it for you. For where two or three gather together as my followers, I am there amongst you. So we need to pray together as the body. And when we do, great things happen. Another verse, Second uh, Chronicles. Then if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, I will hear from heaven, forgive their sins, and restore their land. So we've got to come together and pray. And I'll just tell you, we do that as a church. That we pray when we sing, we're coming together as the body. That, that we have prayer counselors that hang out in our connect corners during every service because they are there to pray together. That if you come to me in the lobby and he's like, hey, Josh, will you pray about this? Will you pray for me on this? I'm just going to warn you right now. I'm not going to say, okay, yeah, we'll do that later. I'll pray right then. Like if you say, Josh, will you pray? Like we're going to pray. But also I'll tell you this, I often grab somebody who's around me, which that might freak you out. So if you don't want me to grab you, don't hang out by me in the lobby, okay? Because I want us to pray together. And so there's countless people that all that go, hey, hey, join in the circle real quick. And we pray together because there's power when the body prays. In the month of September, we're doing a month of prayer. I told you about it last week. And what we're going to do is 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Then we're going to invite people to sign up. And starting next week, you'll be able to start signing up for that and take a time slot and say, I'm going to pray. And then together as a body, we're going to be praying about the same things throughout the day. We're going to fast together because when we pray as a body, there is power. Especially when we pray through the Bible. I know I talked about this a little bit last week. I talked about praying through the Bible. I want to go deeper into it for a second. And it comes straight from this this story. See, this is what it said. Remember that they gathered together and they lifted up their voices, sovereign God. And then it picks up here. It says, you spoke long ago by the Holy Spirit through our ancestor David. Your servant saying, oh, why were the nations so angry? Why did they waste their time with futile plans? Like, let me pause for a second before I go any further. Like, all they're doing here is quoting scripture. Like, like that's all these guys are doing. They're, they're praying by quoting Psalm chapter 2, which is a verse from the Old Testament. So they're saying, God, you said... That the nations would get angry. Let me go on. It says this. The kings of the earth prepare for battle. The rulers gather together against the Lord and against his Messiah. So, so Lord, you said that, that the people, that the nations would get angry. So when they're praying, they're like, God, you already claimed this. You already knew this. So we don't need to freak out that that something bad is happening because you already said it would. And that's how we need to pray as well, whether it's something negative or whether it's very positive. Because here's what happens when we pray the positive side of scriptures. We, we remind God, not that he needs reminding, but we remind God and ourselves, oh God, you've done this before, you can do it again. God, God you've acted on, on behalf of your people in the past, you can, you can do it in the present. There's a lady named Joni Erickson Tata. She's a quadriplegic, obviously has had a tough life due to that, but has lived her life doing ministry. Here's what she had to say about praying through God's word. She said, I have learned to season my prayers with the word of God. It's a way of talking to God in his language, speaking his dialect." using his vernacular, employing his idioms. This is not a matter simply of divine vocabulary. It's a matter of power. When we bring God's word directly into our praying, we are bringing God's power into our praying. Hebrews 4.12 declares, for the word of God is living and active sharper than any double-edged sword. God's Word is living, and it so infuses our prayers with life and vitality. God's Word is also active, injecting energy and power into our prayers. So what we need to do as people, if we want to feel the power of God moving our prayers, just start praying God's Word. Well, like when you're, when you're going through a tough season and you're like, God, I need you to make a path. I need you to make a way. Maybe pray, pray and say, God, would you part the waters like you did for the Israelites? Will you make a path and give me some dry ground so that I can walk through this issue that I'm going through? Or maybe you've got a, a serious fire going on in your life. And you're like, God, will you show up in the midst of my fire like, like you did for Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? Will you, will you show up and protect me in this situation? Or, or maybe you say, God, I, I, I just need the impossible right now. Will you, will you make the sun stand still like you did for Joshua? I know it seems impossible, but you did it before. You can do it again. Or, or God, you calm the waves when the disciples were out at the sea and they were going all around, you stood up and said, be still, and you will you calm the storm in my life? Or Jesus, in the same way that that lame man was healed at the temple gate, will you heal my friend, my mom, my brother, myself? You see what's going on? All I'm doing is praying God's word. And, and I know this is what happens, because I, I know this is true of us. There's some of you are like, okay, Josh, that's great. But I don't know God's word. You're like, you just said all those stories. I don't know a single one of them. And you might sit there and go, so can I not pray God's word because I don't know God's word? No, no, that's not it at all. You can pray God's word. Just open it up. Just open up God's word. You know, this past Thursday in our reading plan, was Luke chapter four. And I can tell you exactly what my prayer time that morning was. I said, Lord, will you help me say no to sin and Satan like you said no to sin and Satan? Lord, will you help me say yes to my calling just like you said yes to your calling? Lord, will you, will you help me say yes to spending time with you in the morning just like you said yes to spending time with the Father in the morning? Lord, will you help me say yes to being sent to people who don't know you like you said yes to being sent? Guys, all that was is Luke chapter 4. I read it that morning and just prayed the things that were listed in that chapter. See, all of us can pray God's word. We can pray as one body through the Bible boldly. And that's your last point. That if you want the power of prayer, pray as one body through the Bible boldly. And going back to their story, here's what it says. Chapter, or verse 29. And now, O Lord, hear their threats and give your servants great boldness in preaching your word. Stretch out your hand with healing power and may miraculous signs and wonders be done through the name of your holy servant Jesus. That they said, Lord, give us great boldness. And then look what happened. It says, after this prayer, the meeting place shook, and they were filled with the Holy Spirit. Then they preached the word of God with boldness. that that I want you to think about this for a second. I mean, think about those prayer words. Remember, they had just got released from prison. They were just told, if you mention the name of Jesus again, we're going to kill you. So they leave prison, they go to where their friends and family are gathered, they start praying, and if their prayers was anything like ours, here's what it probably would have read, Lord, consider their threats and smite them. Lord, consider their threats and remove them. Lord, consider their threats and and get them away from me. Lord, consider their threats and allow me to keep talking about you, but make it where they don't know that we're doing it. Lord, consider their threats and put a hedge of protection around me so that they can't hurt me. Like that's probably how we would pray. It's probably how we have prayed. But that's not how they prayed. Look at it. And now, O oh Lord, hear their threats and give us, your servants, great boldness. Allow us to preach the word of God to this world. Do signs and miracles. It's almost like they're saying, bring it on, bring it on, bring it on. You know what they did? They prayed big, bold, bad prayers and maybe it's time for us to say some big bold Brad prayers maybe it's time for us to make some big ask prayers of God I know what you're thinking you're thinking what he say? I said, ask. But have you heard the other word? Make that kind of prayer as well. Because both work. See, we need to make some big ask of God. And when we don't, I actually think it's kind of insulting. Because he's a big God who's saying, ask me. Just ask me. Just ask me. So let's not be sitting with the Maserati driving like it's a Prius. Let's start asking God to do big things in our life. I love the way Mark Batterson said it. He's a preacher up in D.C. He said, bold prayers honor God. And God honors bold prayers. God isn't offended by your biggest dreams or your boldest prayers. He's offended by anything less. If your prayers are impossible to you, they are insulting to God. So let's start praying some big, bold, bad prayers. Let's make big ask by praying as a body, through the Bible, boldly. I'm going to invite you to stand with me right now, and, and we're going to do that. And, and as, we, as we go into this time of response, I want you to think about this. Like, I need to pray as a body. That's the reason we're going to worship for a while. This isn't like the end, and they're going to play, and we're going to leave. No, we're going to, we're going to pray through the songs. We're going to pray by, by taking communion. We're going to do that together as a body. Maybe you need to pray with somebody. Maybe you've got something. You're like, I need to make a bold ask of God. Well, then go to a connect corner. There's people there. We would love to pray with you in this moment. And you might say, well, well what, do I, what do I even pray? I want to make a bold ask. I'll give you two today. First, pray, Lord, save us. That's a big ask. Like, like, like what it means is this. like, Maybe you've never asked Jesus to save you. Maybe you've never surrendered to Jesus. Then, then make that bold request of him right now. And, and listen, it's an easy, easy request for him. He can do it easily. He's already done all the work. But when we make that prayer request, we're being bold because we're saying, Jesus, I'm ready to surrender. Or maybe for you, you've already surrendered. But maybe for you, what you need to do during this time is you need to say, Lord, save us. Save my parents Save my my roommate. Save my teacher. Save my son. Lord, save us. That's a big ask. Here's another one. Send us. Send me out this day. Send me out this week. Send me out this year to do your work. Let's pray. And let's go before the Father right now. I want you to pray with me. Jesus. We boldly come before you because you have given us the ability to. And I pray right now, Jesus, that we would come to your feet. You would have your way here as it is in heaven. We make room for you and we just give it to you right now, Jesus. We boldly come before as a body making this request. In your name, Jesus. Amen. Let's just continue our prayer time through worship, through communion, through praying together. Let's go before him right now.